0: Hi, this is Ben Kaspid. Welcome to On Israel. Three weeks before the date on which Netanyahu is supposed to embark on the annexation process and the historic application of Israeli law on Judea and Samaria, the fog is still dense. No one is able to answer questions such as, will there be annexation? When will there be annexation? What will be the size and the extent of the annexation? And will there be regional repercussions to the annexation? An educated guess is that July 1st is not a circuit date, and aside from this, even Benjamin Netanyahu himself doesn't know when the few months remaining until the U.S. presidential elections will lead him. Netanyahu's options no longer appear as clear as they did a few months ago. The Prime Minister is still determined not to miss the historic opportunity he was presented with to change reality, to apply Israeli sovereignty over part of Jewish settlements, and redraft Israel's eastern boundaries, all this with the all-encompassing backing of an American president. In reality, the issue is much more complex than it appears, and with the passing of time, it will become much more complex. The elements who will influence Netanyahu's decision from top to bottom are U.S. President Donald Trump, the Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden, Israel's allies in the Gulf, and especially MBS and MBZ, Mohammed bin Sultan and Mohammed bin Zayed from Saudi Arabia and the Emirates, King Abdullah of Jordan, Egyptian President Abdel Fattah el-Sisi, Palestinian Authority Chairman Mahmoud Abbas, Heads of Israel's Armed Forces, Mossad, Intelligence Wing, and Shabak. The European Union and Vladimir Putin. Heads of the Settler Movement and Netanyahu's opposition on the country's political right, headed by Naftali Bennett and Ayel Shaked. And this is only a partial list. The names of Netanyahu's new political partners, Defense Minister Benny Gantz and Foreign Minister Gabi Ashkenazi, are excluded from this list, but only in theory. Ashkenazi will meet the German Foreign Minister this week and it is not at all certain that he'll try to persuade him to remove the EU's objection to the annexation. The two former military chiefs of staff are not thrilled with Netanyahu's grandiose annexation program, which takes in 30% of Judea and Samaria, but they are working behind the scenes. Of particular interest is their activity vis-a-vis Washington and the White House team. Here, A far from simple drama has been unfolding recently in which the president's advisor, Gerard Kushner, and his wife, Ivanka, tend to support the postponement of the annexation until after the U.S. elections, while the two ambassadors, the American David Friedman and Israeli Ron Dermer, are pushing forward with all the power in their possession. An additional open question relates to the extent to which Netanyahu's secret weapon, America's Christian Evangelist Voters, who love Israel and are expected to vote in large numbers for Trump in November, are committed to this objective. The final result will be determined through weighting the extent of pressure imposed by the people and factors included in this list. Will head of Shabak, Nadav Argaman, and military intelligence chief, Major General Tamir Heyman, warn Netanyahu of possible security flare-ups resulting from the annexation? Will the King of Jordan announce a cancellation or suspension of the peace treaty if or when the annexation takes place? What will be the real stance taken by the leaders of those Sunni states that over several decades have been conducting open and secret relations with Israel? What will be the extent of the Europeans' commitment to blocking the annexation? Will Joe Biden take an additional step forward by publicly informing Netanyahu that the pre-election annexation process will be conceived as nationalistic by anyone taking his place in the Oval Room next January? The answers to all these questions will become evident over the next few months. The decision will be taken by Netanyahu. Annexation of all parts of the Judea and Samaria can, in his opinion, be a legacy that can override the fact that he is the first prime minister to stand trial in the course of his tenure. Not long ago, the matter seemed no more than a relaxed afternoon walk in the White House Rose Garden. But even the White House is no longer what it once was, surrounded by furious demonstrations, unsettling the president's peace of mind even more than events in the Middle East can do. Our guest today is the legendary retired IDF Major General known as Israel's Mr. Intelligence, Amos Gilad a former Director of Policy and Political Military Affairs in the Ministry of Defense and Head of the Military Research Division and Coordinator of Government Operations in the Occupied Territories. Today, Gilad heads the Institute for Policy and Strategy and serves as Chair of the Ertzelia Conference in the IDC Ertzelia. Major General Gilad will join us right after this commercial break.
1: If you're listening to this podcast, you obviously care about the Middle East. And if you do, you should probably be reading El Monitor. El Monitor is a global newsroom headquartered in Washington, D.C., with a network of over 160 contributors around the world. El Monitor offers first-class reporting and analysis from a range of perspectives and an approach that represents the highest journalistic standards, as well as an award-winning commitment to press freedom and independence. If you haven't done so already, visit us at elmonitor.com, check out our articles and sign up for our free newsletters. There's a lot to choose from, including the Week in Review, an essay that offers unusual insights and forecasts into the region based upon Elmonitor's outstanding reporting. And if you haven't done so, please subscribe to our Elmonitor podcast on your favorite podcast platform on Israel with Ben Caspit, and on the Middle East with me. Andrew Parasolidi.
0: We have now with us Major General Retired Amos Gilad. Amos, shalom, and thank you for joining us in the On Israel podcast. How are you? Excellent. Enjoying the corona. (laughs) Yes, like all of us. Okay, we are talking mainly about the, the annexation the, uh, that Israel wants to, uh, to do uh, within a few weeks and I have a question. You are one of the most uh, harsh critiques of this movement by Prime Minister Netanyahu and I want to ask you, we have a very rare unprecedented uh, opportunity, once in a lifetime opportunity we have the backing of an American president that can allow us to redraft the Israeli Eastern borders and annex most of the settlements in Judea and Samaria. What's wrong with it? What, why is it not good?
2: It is disaster. It reminds me 1982, the disaster in Lebanon. Uh, it's
0: 1982, illusion. you mean when you were, was a very young, Officer in the intelligence, and uh, you warned us against things that uh, could happen in the north in Lebanon.
2: Not things. I warned that we would be in fiasco. Uh, that we could. We are. We were on our way to enter fiasco in Lebanon. That ended with hundreds of dead soldiers. Now we are enjoying unprecedentedly excellent, unique, outstanding. Uh, stability, security stability in the West Bank and with Jordan. The outcome is dramatic. The rate of uh, casualties from terror in the West Bank and from Jordan is very low. The lowest one since decades. So why we need to change it? This stability based mainly on our unique capabilities of the Shabak, the internal security, Shin Bet. However, our unique relationship with the Palestinian Authority, security cooperation, and unique, unique, unprecedented security, defense, intelligence cooperation with the Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan, the outcome is dramatic. There is no terror from Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan. The Daesh, IS, ISIS. ISIS. Uh, Iranians, Revolutionary Guards, Hezbollah, and so on so on, are trying their best to penetrate to Israel and to kill Israelis, many Jews. And we are not investing, we are investing very few forces. And the Jordanians, uh, this corporation saves Israel from unique billions, billions of dollars. And uh, more important, casualties. We are not suffering for casualties. On the Allenby Bridge, that is called now officially King Hussein Bridge, two million people are, are passing before Corona. Now we do have the Eastern Front that is so fragile and sensitive, very stable. And we need to focus on the main threat, that's Iran. Iran, Hezbollah, the nuclear, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, and they are violating systematically the nuclear agreement and enriching uranium. We need to focus on this main threat. Why we need to endanger it? Based on my judgment, that is based on long service with them, with the Palestinians and Jordanians. They cannot tolerate unilateral violation and blunt, blunt violation of the peace treaty. More than that, if we want to enhance the Jordan Valley, we can enhance it. This is the weakest area in Israel. 8,000 people, maybe. I'm, I'm not sure about this uh, data. So we can enhance our grip on the Jordan Valley. Nobody is concerned about it. The moment you declare it's like violation, humiliation of the Hashemite the Kingdom of Jordan. We are preparing the collapse of the Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan. We might destabilize Jordan. So for all these reasons, without one advantage, we need to stop it immediately, this initiative that is called unilateral annexation. Everywhere that we have done unilateral, we have failed, like Gaza. Do you really think
0: that uh, there can be a collapse of the Hashemite kingdom? Do you really think that King Abdallah will uh, stop or suspend or cancel the peace treaty because i think you know more than anybody else that there, there is mutual interest between king abdallah and prime minister netanyahu king abdallah doesn't want to see palestinians on the jordan river he prefers the idf and now you give it to him and, and next and then, you know he can he can threat for the outside but in the inside he may be happy uh, deep inside his heart don't you think i'm, I'm right
2: no you're totally wrong the, based on my experience, the moment you humiliate the Arabs, you get the negative results. That's what's based You can have arrangements with them. You can have, you may have practical agreements, understandings. Never, never, never humiliate them. The last example, we, we attacked the nuclear project in Syria, we haven't taken responsibility. Everybody knew who was behind it. That's why they didn't retaliate. In Jordan, They don't, I mean, we do have practical, wide, qualitative, security cooperation with Jordan. It's clandestine, most of it, and uh, it's very difficult even to give details. However, the moment you violate, in their opinion, and they are right, I see, unilaterally, the peace treaty, they will not be able to tolerate it, mainly because of the stability of Jordan that is based on very fragile circumstances. Majority are Palestinians without their refugees. 1.5 million refugees. The Iranians are waiting for them. The Syrians are waiting for them. Hamas waiting for them. Islamic Jihad waiting for them. Daesh waiting for them. They will consider, they will portray Jordan as collaborator and traitor with Israel. Why? We need it. We will never get, I, I don't think they will uh, violate or, or cancel the peace treaty. And I don't think they will immediately change the, the, the security cooperation. However, we need supporting envelope for this security relationship. That's very important. And there will be erosion in this cooperation. That's why I'm concerned. Let and us talk- The Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan, they are related deeply to the West Bank and to the Palestinians there, because if there are riots in, uh, for example, in West Bank, it will have impact, or in Jerusalem, on Jordan. It's based on long experience. And why we need to do it? It's unnecessary. We need to, at the moment I hear that our chief of staff, and the generals of Israel, are discussing the uh, impact of the annexation, I get angry. They are wasting their time on uh, on bullshit, while we are facing the growing Iranian threat, that's why I'm so angry. But they have. I they need have to change it. Uh, the Minister of Defense Benny Gantz
0: ordered a few days ago a uh, chief of staff, uh, Major General Aviv Kochavi, to uh, to to uh, start the, the preparations uh, before such such an event. It's an, an historical event, so they have to to make the arrangements. You know, and I, and I wanted to ask you. If you were now uh, head of uh, military intelligence, what was your recommendation to uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu and the alternate Prime Minister Gantz? Will you tell them that uh, the annexation can bring us second intifada?
2: As they used to do in the past, I would recommend them stop it now. It's unnecessary. It's a threat to Israel. There is no reason for it. There is no security advantage. And we might endanger our security cooperation with Jordan that is so valuable that most Israelis cannot imagine. I'm sorry, we cannot share details. However, the bottom line is it enables Israel to focus on the main threat. So my recommendation would be very clear, but General Gantz or General Ashkenazi don't need my recommendation. All chief of staffs in the last decades, absolutely, without any doubt, have understood and understanding today the value and the importance of our security cooperation. And the Palestinian Authority, too. All chief of staff. I am not talking about other generals. And the head of... Let uh, let us speak about the
0: Palestinian Authority. You just mentioned it. And this morning, it was uh, published that uh, the PA security forces thwarted a terror scheme against Israeli uh, IDF soldiers. Uh, just this morning, after the you know they, they announced that they hold the security cooperation with Israel, but they are still work, working very hard against terror. Do you really think that if uh, uh, Netanyahu will annex parts of the Judea and Samaria? It will really hurt the security cooperation.
2: Yeah, I tell you because how. You know
0: because you know that the main interest of uh, Mahmoud Abbas is uh, is blocking Hamas uh, from coming into Judea and Somaria and in this point is exactly on the same place, on the same spot with us.
2: Yeah, but uh, I look at it differently. Uh, the main interest of Abu Abbas is to contain the Hamas. That's true. However. Abu Abbas is totally, Mahmoud Abbas, Abu Mazen is totally different from his predecessor, Yasser Arafat, Abu Ammar. Abu Ammar was mass murderer. I recommended all the time to kill him. Abu Mazen, he is the opposite. He does not believe in terror, and there is no terror. And he is controlling uh, West Bank better than uh, many of us believe. Why? Because he is controlling the forces of the Palestinians and they are taking care of riots or violent incidents. Now, the moment the envelope, there are cracks in the envelope, for example, policeman Mohammed, is coming to his public, to his neighbors, and they tell him, are you a collaborator or traitor in the Palestinian cause? Because the Palestinian Authority is outcome of agreement between us and and the PLO. And there is still horizon. If there is no political horizon, they are losing the raison d'etre or the legitimacy of uh, the Palestinian Authority. So very slowly, but systematically, combined with economic deterioration, they will lose the passion and the motivation to cooperate with us. And that's why I'm concerned. I'm not concerned about dramatic decisions. I'm concerned about process. In the beginning, it will be described by our leaders. You see, nothing happens. And then the incidents will come. I'll give you an example. Incident in Hebron. They will not come, they will lose their legitimacy. And the incidents, or incident will, will widen. Who will take care of it? Our soldiers. Our soldiers need to take care of the northern threat with Iran, or Iran with the northern threat. Even, even they spend, Two minutes about the security that is so good, the Eastern uh, Front, it's outrageous. Look at the map. Our security border is between Iraq and Jordan, not the Jordan River. That's advantage, it's unbelievable. Why we need to endanger it? For what? For uh, political uh, ambitions? Why? I, I don't understand it. And the Americans must stop us. Let, us talk, let us. us talk.
0: about. You think you think the American must stop us? Do you do you expect from uh, the Trump administration to halt now uh, all these movement, all these? Uh, you know, they, they blessed Netanyahu and they said it several times that this is the annexation is an Israeli decision. Now, do you think maybe the internal uh, situation in the United States? will affect President Trump to to back or or to to stop all all of this?
2: If they want to take care of our national security, they need to stop us, so not to support it. And it happened, by the way. I was in the United States. All leaders of uh, uh, Jewish settlements came to Washington. Uh, Our prime minister has promised to declare annexation. And then Kushner, according to some versions, prevented it. I don't believe, not I don't believe, I'm sure the Arab countries will not support this plan. And that's also danger. Why? Even UAE, that the ambassador of UAE is with another two Arab ambassadors, stood behind President Trump. And now this ambassador, the same ambassador, has declared, and with the Minister of Foreign Affairs, the brother of Abdallah bin Zayed, the brother of Mohammed bin Zayed, they have declared they would not annexation is unacceptable. I'm not sure I'm quoting them accurately, but that's the spirit of it. Now, don't can you, you think, imagine? Uh, think this is real? No <laughs> way. As the world is is busy with Corona, is busy with uh, unrest, is busy with its stability, with China, dramatic challenges. Why we need to complicate it? It's only politics.
0: General uh, Gilad, you you've been for a maybe 15 years, uh, several prime ministers and ministers of defense, secret and discreet envoy to almost all the capitals in the Middle East, states that have uh, diplomatic relations with Israel and states that don't have. What do you really think will be uh, the real stand? Not what they are saying, you know, for the, in the outside, things that you just quoted, but why, what, uh, gentlemen like MBS, Mohammed bin Salman, and MBZ, Mohammed bin Zaid, will really tell the Trump administration behind the scenes about the annexation. What will I, happen I, is... Also, uh, also, the Egyptian president, uh, Abdel Fattah al-Sisi, etc.
2: Okay. The good news, I think they will continue the cooperation, the practical secret cooperation with us. They cannot change it now. They need us, we need them. However... It's
0: irreversible.
2: I I never use irreversible in the Middle East because the moment we are speaking, there might be some change. But they will not dare to stop it, to violate it. However, I think the ambassador of Jordan will be called for consultation. Namely, he will never be back. I think all kinds of practical cooperation besides security will be delayed or suspended. I think the Arab countries will not support the... American plan. I'm very concerned. I'm, I'm considering the American leader, uh, leadership and friendship as a major pillar in our national security. And the moment the United States of America, the leader of, of the world, is suggesting initiatives that will not work, it will weaken the United States combined with what's happening between EU and United States, China and the United States, and so on and so on and so on. I think it will weaken the status and the position of United States in the world and will damage, undermine the leadership of United States. I'm, what I'm talking about is a process. Our declaration will be, you see, nothing is happening. Like Golan Heights, like Jerusalem, you cannot compare, Golan Heights is empty area. Nobody cares. And uh, with Bashar Assad, nobody is planning any peace. Whatever I mean.
0: people were warning about, uh, you're talking about uh, moving the American embassy to
2: Israel, not me. and nothing happened. No, no, I, I said in relevant places that nothing would happen because nobody cared. The circumstances were different. The relationship was different. The leadership of Trump was different. The corona was not here. We are living now in different world. And there is difference between moving, uh, changing um, relocation of the American embassy and um, challenging the basis of the Hashemite kingdom of Jordan the Palestinian sorry. There is great difference. Let me, also, let me... also, I'm concerned that there are defamation, there is defamation on behalf of some leaders in the West Bank, Judea and Samaria against the president. At the end of the day, uh, President Trump, he might or may delay this plan, and he will feel uh, insulted by some leaders. So, from all aspects, this annexation must stop now. Last uh, and final uh, question, uh, General Gilad. You, I
0: think, was the first Israeli officer that identified and warned against the the Iranian effort, nuclear effort. I think it was back in the 90s. And what do you think now will happen if the annexation takes place to the the American-Israeli international effort to stop uh, the the Iranian intention to to get uh, nuclear arms?
2: Excellent question, here's my answer. I do think since since I have uh, presented this threat to Prime Minister Netanyahu, it's embarrassing to say when, 1996.
0: Yes, his first term as Prime Minister.
2: This, uh, this, and uh, we used to argue, as you remember, this uh, threat is moving on. Now, according to Saba, uh, they do have now, 1,500 kilo of flow flow rate enrichment uh, compared with 300 that they used to have during the agreement. It's very dangerous. The Americans don't have real leverage on Iran. They will be weaker. They will be uh, split between EU and United States. The Arab will feel uncertain vis-a-vis United States. And the Iranians, w- with Hamas, they will tell Abu Mazen and Jordan and the Arab countries, you see, whoever is supporting the peace with Israel is doomed. And he gets nothing. I'm very concerned about Hamas. I haven't mentioned them. The Hamas will be encouraged to challenge Abu Mazen to tell him, you are fiasco. You are Total failure. You need, it's about time you move. You step down, leave your post. And the only way is our way. And who is supporting them? Iran, Iran supporting Hamas in very terrible way, Uh, military and other ways. And Hamas will try their best to encourage terror And and they will enjoy popularity. I think that the annexation is a sweat to our capabilities to cope efficiently with the Iranian threat, this is the main threat. The nuclear and the regional one, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, and the leadership of United States. I think it's a blow to our national security and to our capabilities to cope with Iran. And the moment we will, I mean, I mean, our chief of staff and the generals, will make preparations to cope with the uh, with a growing threat based on the annexation, it's totally violation of our obligation to cope with Iran in the most efficient way. It's outrageous. It's unacceptable.
0: Major General Amos Gilad, your message could not be clearer. I want to thank you very much for joining us in On Israel Al Monitor's podcast from Tel Aviv. Thank you very much. We'll get to another uh, last commercial break and come back uh, shortly with uh, some closure thoughts.
1: If you're listening to this podcast, you obviously care about the Middle East. And if you do, you should probably be reading El Monitor. El Monitor is a global newsroom headquartered in Washington, D.C., with a network of over 160 contributors around the world. El Monitor offers first-class reporting and analysis from a range of perspectives and an approach that represents the highest journalistic standards, as well as an award-winning commitment to press freedom and independence. If you haven't done so already, visit us at elmonitor.com, check out our articles and sign up for our free newsletters. There's a lot to choose from, including the Week in Review, an essay that offers unusual insights and forecasts into the region, based upon El Monitor's outstanding reporting. And if you haven't done so, please subscribe to our El Monitor podcast on your favorite podcast platform on Israel with Ben Caspit and on the Middle East with me, Andrew Parasoliti.
0: On Israel, thank you for staying with us. General Amos Gilad was sharp and clear. A veteran intelligence living legend, one of the most experienced security experts in the neighborhood, states loud and clear that the annexation will be a fiasco and can cause heavy damage to Israel's national security. If this will also be the diagnosis and recommendation of the serving chiefs of the military establishment in Israel, Netanyahu can find himself in a very delicate situation and dilemma. He will then need to use all of his political expertise and personal persuasion skills in order to convince himself and his partners to go, to go ahead anyway. In this case, Gantz and Ashkenazi can find themselves in a similar dilemma And we haven't discussed the other obstacles in in the international and Middle Eastern arenas yet. This was the third chapter of On Israel. We hope it was interesting and we will be back here next Monday in Al-Monitor. Take care.